I got to get to Canada and, and join the armies and save the princess. Let him have it, Chris. Let him have it, Chris. Let him have it, Chris. There's a button, a switch for everything. You're listening to Aerial View worldwide on the internet. some kind of deviated prevert and that you were organizing some kind of mutiny of preverts. Oh, a bunch of pussies wearing masks! Threaten me again! 
Hello. Hello. Welcome back to Aerial View. This is season four of the uh, newly revitalized Aerial View, which returned in 2018 right here on the houndnyc.com. Where every Sunday hound howls at 3 p.m. and then crashing the party, Mark and Miriam, the doo-wop chop shop of the air. Crashing the party. You got those doo-wops on vinyl. Oh, friends. What a few months it's been for me. It has uh, sucked and blown at the same time. Figure that one out. Had to close down my store in Saugerties, New York, because of jealousy, envy. A cousin that's now dead to me threw me the hell out. Get the hell out. And uh, it was grueling. It was grueling. It was horrible. I had to go. Had to tear apart everything I had built up. Tear down our future. And uh, it left me a little shaken. I'll say that much. When you have this plan B and then it all gets shot to hell. Because somebody is jealous, envious. Beware of cousins you haven't spoken with for 40 years. That's all I'll say. Uh, there might be something going on there. Just saying. I wish I had seen the, the red flags. I did not see the red flags. Where are these red flags? But uh, here I am, and there you are, and now we're together for a few moments anyway. It's a one-hour show, Aerial View. I don't want to take a lot of your time. And uh, this is happening live right now. And in just a few minutes, our special guest, Keith Hartel, will return. And we'll talk all about what the fuck's going on in the world. The very, very fucked up world. And uh, which seems to get more and more fucked up all the time. Doesn't seem to get less fucked up. It's like California real estate. Never gets less expensive. It always gets more expensive. And the world just seems to get more and more fucked up. And uh, it's tiring. It's exhausting. I'm sure you're all tired. You're all exhausted. Especially with the goddamn pandemic. Which, of course, didn't have to be as bad as it is. It's as bad as it is because we're a nation full of fucking morons. And uh, because Donald Trump was president. That, that's uh, where I'm laying the blame. He pulled that team out of China. The one that was there keeping an eye on things and might have caught this before it became what it did. And he's like, ah, nah, nah, not so much. Got rid of it. Threw it out. And then this thing made it here and now 900,000 people are dead. And we're on, we're on target for a million. We're number one. We're number one. And in uh, industrialized nations with COVID deaths. We're number one. We're number one. We're number one. And now uh, the moronic bullshit is spreading its way to Canada, a nation that normally you uh, would, would think of as clear-eyed, and somewhat sober, except for the uh, very high percentage alcohol beer that they like to drink. Uh, but a nation of, uh, you know, rules followers. People who follow the rules, who are polite, who say sorry. And now uh, this trucker protest, quote-unquote trucker protest, th th there's some thought out there that uh, there's like a, there's a small core of truckers and then there's a whole bunch of assholes that showed up. 
to uh, also protest. And what is it they're protesting? Well, vaccine mandates, of course. They don't like that Justin Trudeau. They think uh, he's a simp. He's a chump. And uh, they want him to go. And now they're fucking with my 401k because the economy is feeling the ripples of what they're doing. Car makers are closing down plants. They're having to furlough people because uh, these crossings between Canada and the United States, Canada being our largest trading partner, by the way, are being blockaded. Ambassador Bridge, a few other bridges and now they want to run a fucking convoy from California to New York City. I'm going to go uh, more in depth with this next week because um, my friend, the retired trucker, Buzzard, will join me. And Christina Palumbo, a friend from Sirius XM who used to be on the air with me all the time, will also drop in and we'll talk about what's going on. But let's uh, welcome Keith Hartel to the show because uh, I thought of Keith when... Neil Young pulled his music off of Spotify because of Joe Rogan. And I thought Keith would be the perfect person to talk to. So uh, let's welcome Keith Hartel, who I've known since Christ left Chicago uh, a long, long time. And I uh, have taken guitar lessons from. He teaches guitar through Guitar Bar in Hoboken, New Jersey. And uh, Keith, how have things been? You know, uh, things have been pretty, pretty okay. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah, 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 pretty good. I got, I got, um, I have a lot of gigs this month. And, you know, I, I feel, you know what, um, it, this is a complicated thing. It's, it's complicated to have an attitude about anything these days. But, like, you, you know the way the whole message, like, flipped, like, yesterday? And it's like, okay, no mask mandates, just act normal, we're cool, we're good. And I, I and I, I feel like we're gonna at least have a window of that. Yeah, it feels like um, I was in a store today. I was at the Walgreens today in Teaneck, New Jersey, where Jimi Hendrix lived for a while with the Isley Brothers. But uh, there were people in the Walgreens without masks on, and and I realized there was no sign on the door when I went in the Walgreens about having to wear a mask. So they must have lifted shit there. The mask yeah, mandate. Well, it, it it really is like I mean, well, this is funny because I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna actually uh, connect this to to the Rogan thing a little bit because um, you, you know that the thing they are saying that they're very concerned above all about is um, misinformation, and and here's the thing is that um, Dr. Leanna Wen who's the woman who comes out on CNN and says something like, you know, mostly only the fat people die that are old and, and then everyone gets mad. That lady. Hey, she's talking about me. Fat old uh, people. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm no, wow. chicken and I'm no uh, bathing suit model. Does, but, do, wait, anyway, does, but, does she mention my favorite word? Comorbidities. Oh, uh, probably. Oh, but I love you, that. The old that, comorbidities. You notice, you notice you're not seeing a lot of Fauci. Uh, yeah, I noticed that. Where the hell is Fauci? What is he ducking? Well, he's duck. He's laying low. I here's what I think it is is because I've been like thinking and you know saying to Tammy, my wife, for uh, many months. I've been just saying ever, ever since Biden took office, they they should really switch Fauci out. Like it's not a matter of whether he's doing a good job or not. It's just that there's baggage with him, whether you're whether you hate him because you're you know uh, 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 deplorable. Or whether you just can't stand to see him contradict himself or seem confused if you're a lib. Um, but just baggage around him also just associated with a bad time, a time of fear and, and uncertainty. And it seems like they actually did that because every time that they have someone to come on and say, here's why you should be a little bit less worried. Here's what's moving in the direction of normalcy. It's this uh, Dr. Leanna Wen. And usually there's um, clapback, but here's the misinformation thing um, is that, and this is just one example, recent example, but she said yesterday, she said like, okay, you know, lift it, no mask mandates, um, you know, pe people, we don't have to worry about it so much. Everything's under control. 
And then, then they say, well, like, well, why, why this change up? Why the change up on mask mandates? Now, three weeks ago, this woman did say that there should, everyone should be wearing masks all the time. Her answer was, well, the science has changed. The science on how good masks work has not fucking changed in the last three weeks. It absolutely has not. It, that's impossible. Um, and, you know, and of course, there's been a lot of inconsistencies about what they, how they said the vaccines will work that they have said a lot of inaccurate things throughout the whole entire pandemic. And, and that's, I guess, where I'm tying in the misinformation thing is, um, you know, whether some uh, times it was lying or probably more times they just didn't know everything yet. But a lot of stuff we were told was not the right. It was wrong. It was disinformation. And that or misinformation, as to say, but, but that is what I would attribute to distrust in the media for, you know, information and, you know, and Rogan is the guy they attack to fight that. But it's, 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 I think it's a lot bigger than him. There was a CNN poll that came out yesterday, Thursday. Have you seen yeah. this poll that they did by any chance about um, mistrust so. of, uh, you know, news organizations, uh, lack of confidence in elections, how, you know, 37% of Americans think that Biden didn't win. It's 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 not a very encouraging poll. I mean, beyond what it says about people's feelings for Joe Biden, yeah. uh, it, it's really bad what it says about our trust of institutions, including um, the news media and elections. And so... Joe Rogan gets swept up in all of that, doesn't he? Because as people have less and less trust in quote unquote mainstream media, your Times, New York Times, your CNN, whatever it might be, they increasingly find themselves trusting folks like him and getting a lot of their information through him. Well, well, here's another thing that I think is important, uh, and it's a big part of the um Joe Rogan is just because he's so huge. He's he's the biggest thing in the world, like literally the biggest thing in the world, literally biggest audience of any thing that you like. Eleven you know. million uh, listeners on a regular basis. Like like his podcast yeah. is heard yeah. by eleven million people regularly, which is why Spotify wanted to give him a hundred million dollars uh, to be exclusive. Yeah. Previously, you could get his podcast out there and listen to the ads like every other podcast, and now you have to subscribe to Spotify to hear it. Well, well, the funny thing is, and this is interesting, how good of a that a play that was, is um, well, first of all, you know, when he first went to Spotify, a lot of people were saying like it was kind of like when Howard went to Sirius, where it's like he's gonna lose his audience, but he's gonna um, ensure his purity because um, Rogan had never had any podcasts. I don't think banned from YouTube unless they took some of his Alex Jones shit down from YouTube. But when he was just on YouTube. They would demonetize, you know, the kind of sketchy stuff that now people protest. But, you know, like like in other words, he never got to a point where YouTube was censoring him. But they were YouTube was known to start to. You know, I mean, we all know about that. This this um, all the platforms are going to decide what stuff shouldn't go on, blah, blah, blah. But it was supposed to be like when when Howard went to Sirius. So so Joe would go to Spotify and say, like, all right, I'm going to always be able to do my show the same way. It'll always be free. Because Spotify, it's you don't even have to subscribe as such. You have to download the app and play it because it's a, it, you know, it, so it still is free. It's still free to listen to, but it's hard to find because, like yourself and like just a lot of people, apparently people I've talked to and just anecdotally from the public, but a lot of people just never listen to Spotify because it's like I don't know how to get the thing and I don't know how. To, I, 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 That's not why I don't listen. I don't listen because I don't need one more fucking thing in my life. I just don't. I, I mean, I've I've got music if I wanted. I got tons of music. I, I really don't need Spotify. But, Maybe if I was more into new music, it, it would be a thing, you know. Yeah. But I'm not, unfortunately. Um, but I got to push back on what you said about these platforms deciding, you know, what stays and what goes. I think it's really not driven by the platforms themselves. It's driven by people who make a stink, whether it's uh, the public or it's a sponsor or whoever or it might be the government. or the government. But because these yeah. these platforms are still playing this game where they're saying 
we're not a publisher, you know, like, no, like for I, years, I don't disagree with you on that. Yeah. I for years, Zuckerberg said, you know, Facebook is a platform. It's not a publisher. Therefore we don't have to really adhere to any rules of journalism or that publishers would adhere to. And Spotify is saying the same thing. You know, we're, we're an anodyne platform and yeah. we're not in the business of censoring people. Well, I, I, I mean, everything, I don't, yeah, your pushback, as you say, like, no, I, I, I agree with all that. I believe that's all. I, it, these are all pragmatic decisions. I don't think they're ideological decisions. But here's the, the point I want to make about Rogan, though, when people focus on him as the, you know, the threat to the news. But really, there is an entire ecosystem of um, YouTube news channels, which I don't know if you avail yourself of it or not, but like, so, so like Joe Rogan, like you've probably heard of, you're probably familiar with the name Jimmy Dore. Yeah, hell no. Who's Jimmy oh, Dore? Yeah, Jimmy Dore is a huge YouTube guy who's just like a rabid, you know, left of the left of the left, like, you know, and, but, but, well, all right, let me even go another direction. Um, do you know about this thing where Tucker Carlson um, often has guests who are left? And they're the kind of leftists that you'll never see on MSNBC or CNN. So Glenn Greenwald is the most high-profile one, but there's other ones like a guy named Aaron Maté and this aforementioned Jimmy Dore. Like there's these hard le- and it's because they agree with him on some kind of not going to war shit usually. Um, but there, there's a lot of a lot going on on YouTube that are people that Joe Rogan has platformed uh, to, to say and. It's it's actually just it's a bunch of these kind of um, left libertarian kind of um, approaches, very anti-establishment approaches to the news. Yeah, and I think that he, he represents the visible side of that. Hmm. Well, uh, so what did you think when Neil Young, famous uh, Canadian or he has a new song on that uh, album, Barn? Where he calls himself a Camerican or something? What, what's the song? Yeah, yeah. So uh, he's I like a bar that much yet. Yeah, he's sort of uh, he's he's been in the United States a very long time. He showed up yeah. in uh, L.A. in what 1965 or 66. 1965 in that fateful meeting. That's right. Bills in the middle of the street. That's exactly what happened. Uh, Neil Young. Got his chocolate in Stephen Steele's peanut butter, and the rest is history. And Stephen, yeah, because Stephen Steele's rep recognized. He's like, "There's only one guy I know that drives a hearse." Yeah, that was Neil. So, but uh, but, but Neil, uh, you know, look, Neil has the Neil Young archives. It streams. You can purchase stuff there. He likes the high resolution audio. I was kind of amazed he was on Spotify anyway. He had already taken all the shit off there before. Mm. Because of the no, crap, I, because of the crap I, I, audio quality. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 You know. Yeah. Oh, maniacal for it because he was he's been maniacal about it since CDs came out. But um, but so so he already has a war with Spotify, and basically every artist that ever has done anything should be against Spotify because they rip everyone off, and that's very famously just a plain and simple fact. Um, and he had removed his music before, and so like. Now, if you're going in the direction of like, um, yeah, Neil Young might not be so specifically, you know, worried about Joe Rogan specifically. First of all, he hates Spotify, hates the streamers, but definitely hates Spotify. Um, And then he has his own music subscription service to his own music, which I don't know. I might want to subscribe because it's really it's a good deal. It's very comprehensive if you love listening to a lot of Neil Young. But one of the, the thing that's weird about about it is a couple things, because. The vaccine misinformation, those interviews that are the controversial Rogan interviews about uh, with, with these with these doctors, um, they took they both took place. The second one was on I think it was on uh, New Year's Eve. Like it came out. So so we're now like a full you know we're like a month and a half later. Like this isn't the, the new news anymore. So here's what to notice is that. First, um, there was some kind of letter that was supposed to be like uh, 200 doctors say that they're concerned about misinformation from Joe Rogan. So people look at the list. It turns out most of them were doctors. They were some kind of vague, like they they were whatever, all kinds of like uh, whatever wellness people and random, you know, Internet personalities, YouTubers. 
So then they come back and they have like, okay, now we have a list of 400 doctors and no one cared about that. But they're trying to make it like, you know, like there's a concerned citizens thing against him. And it seemed very fake. Then Neil Young comes out with that. Now, what makes it weird to me is, you know that Neil Young has an album called The Monsanto Years, right? Yes. So basically, now I happen to have the good fortune um, that my mother is, um, she's an anti-vaxxer and like Roseanne and and like Roseanne, very obsessed with uh, Monsanto, GMOs, genetically modified organic, I guess is what it's for. But you know that they're doing science and they're making the food weird with their science. Oh, yeah. Kind of, yeah, that but Neil is deep into that and to me that GM that it's it that's the anti-vax thing like if you're not and like fucking um you know paranoid about GMOs if you're totally like 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 whacked out on GMOs if you're not already like vax you know suspicious you at least understand what the thinking is like so so and and then it gets back to like I'm sure that he never heard the Rogan episodes with those doctors, but I mean, with those, it, it, those aren't they're not even anti-vax episodes. They tend to be way more about like um, you know what looks like a very believable big pharma making moves for huge profits. And uh, well, I got the old oh, anyway. But the main thing was about my my. Opinion about Neil Young, yeah. Oh, here's nothing about Neil Young. His um, half his catalog was bought by a company called Hypnosis, and that is owned by BlackRock, evil BlackRock that's buying all everyone everyone's house. And then, so as soon as Neil like made this announcement, um, his sales he became like I think he had some kind of number one sales on iTunes for Heart of Gold, and then if iTunes still exists, and 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 but then also just like and streaming, and then he's saying everyone go to Amazon. Now, Amazon, besides all the other workers, things like Amazon is the company that made people stay at work and get killed in a hurricane. And it's so so like, are we really worried about Spotify, like Spotify's irresponsibility towards potential harm of the populace? Amazon I, I, literally well, let's people. let's go in another direction for a minute, because we, we yeah. you know, famously, Neil Young had polio as a child, as did Joni Mitchell. Right. Nine year old Joni Mitchell had polio. Yeah. They seem to feel differently about vaccines and and healthcare and medicine in general uh, because of those experiences. And I would also say because they're Canadians and or, you know, expat Canadians who believe in a strong Healthcare system. Um, oh, I, I agree with that. I just, I, I, my under, my assumption is just a hundred percent. Neil Young and, and Joni Mitchell. To me, like I know she also had polio and shit, but like every one of these, like, well, everyone in Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, and Joni Mitchell have all come to whatever. Neil Young was the only meaningful one that was like a real, and I feel that that was, I, I anyway. Uh, I, I don't want to. I don't want to downplay the fact that, like, their idea of the importance of vaccines, because it, you know, made their lives uh, livable. Um, I, yeah, I just don't well, think they know anything about what was going on in the Rogan podcast, because it's not an anti-vax thing. It's a. It's a this thing that's going on now that's not exactly a vaccine. Technically, is in this testing phase. Like a bunch of there's a bunch of detail shit. If you want to worry about it, but um, yeah, it sounds like a case where they didn't hear the episodes in question they heard oh, yeah. reports yeah, on the episode in question and so they responded to that but i was interested i mean this goes in lots of other let's lay aside the question for a minute whether or not joe rogan is being lazy or irresponsible or the other criticism by the way i'll confess i've never heard an episode of a joe rogan show i don't listen to joe rogan there's a lot of stuff i don't listen to i Believe it or not, when I'm home, I like to have quiet. I don't have the radio on, generally speaking. If I'm driving, I'm listening to a podcast. I might turn the radio on. I might listen to some music. General, I'm not a big consumer of that stuff. And so, uh, you know, I couldn't even tell you what the hell goes on in his show. I know that now that he has surpassed Howard Stern as the big media figure that people want to point to and say he represents everything that's wrong, uh, they're, they're going to, there's a determined effort. It seems to me to either have him deplatformed 
or otherwise pay for his quote-unquote crimes. Now that, uh, for instance, India Ari put out the supercut of every time Joe Rogan used the N-word, um, and he had to go and apologize for that as well. And mm-hmm. leave aside all these questions of context and so on and so forth. What I found interesting about what happened when Neil Young especially came forward was, among other things, he was dismissed as being an old fart. I mean, did you catch wind of that whole thing? It's like some old fucking dinosaur. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm very on, I'm very on Twitter. So, I mean, yeah. so, so when, when, you, when you talk about the attitude was that old fart, it's just like, you know, when, if you're in like culture war Twitter, you know, they're just going to throw everything. Uh, who, who gives a fuck? It's, it's. I, I do. I give a fuck because I find it interesting that like someone as accomplished as Neil Young, you look at his body of work of what he's done and the good things he's brought to the world, uh, even through his charity work and so on. And it's just so easy now. And especially in this country to dismiss him as old now because he's an yeah, old fuck, people, people you know, just talk shit. And it's yeah. just like, Every single person, like, I mean, the fact is a lot of people, because, see, here's the way I think about Neil Young, and you might think of him this way, too, because we are old enough to remember. Neil Young, politically, he, he, he's all over, he's, he's an artist, and, and my thing is, like, I think artists should be, I think it's appropriate when they are fucking like, oh, what, their, their thoughts about politics aren't coherent. Yes, like, that's yeah. their artists, it's not their thing. And but Neil, he voted. He was a Reagan voter. And then he when rocking in the free world, he became like the this, you know, Bushism has to stop. But he didn't start protesting fucking Reaganism until Bush was doing Reaganism. Yeah. And then after 9-11, remember that fucking song? Let's roll. Yes, I do. And that that's a re- reactionary song that makes sense. Like, oh, there's evil out there and we're good. We have to just go kill the evil. Very. That was on right wing as fuck. And then. When W, they, he, he, he made an entire album about impeaching W. Like, he's all over the place. So, so that aspect of it, like, that disappointed a lot of people when he came out against Rogan. But to me, it's just like, oh, this is like the one time that he did something that I feel. Because, you know, um, I, I listened to Rogan. I listened to him religiously for his first, like, three years, which means before it was really big. But, like. Several hundred episodes in, I think I'd listened to 100% of the episodes before he got big. Before you can get it on you, like I used to download it into my iPod. Yeah. And the bigger he got, the more I listen, you know, selectively according to guests. But um, but that's a thing where, like, you know how you said that um, they want to paint Rogan as um, the guy that's everything wrong with America. Is like basically, like one of the things that people like to put him down with is they say, it's like Oprah for men. But the thing is, it is. And in a good way, it's just like everything he's about is very positive thinking. It's very like figure out ways to better yourself or think in a way that makes your life better. You, you know what I mean? Like he, he's a po- he's a positive thinking guy. It, that's his general thing. And he's a like pro like, you know, we have to work out our misunderstandings, like basically all the good. Well, and, and, and well, this like, you, you know, the thing they say, like, you know, with uh, whether the Jesus or uh Malcolm X or, or uh, Martin Luther King, it's kind of like once they start getting the white people and the black people together, or in Jesus's case, just people in general. But like Rogan is one of these things that like he's actually very he's kind of like lib center. If, if you were going to characterize where he seems politically, socially, hmm. like center lib, but he's very both sides and he's very much like the things He's, you know, he's he's kind of a he's a very wholesome anti-authoritarian with a huge audience. He's the most threatening thing in the world like, to that, to this, to the powers like um, keep in mind. Now, another but, thing but, that but I'm going to push back yeah. again on that, because I don't know. Is it the powers that are fucking with him or is it, uh, you know, Neil Young and Joni Mitchell and some other rock stars and then a whole bunch of um, folks who consider him to be not terribly woke and not terribly PC and who are going on Twitter and throwing all this stuff at the wall to see if it sticks. I, I'm not sure, you know, when you say the powers that be, I'm not sure whether or not the, you know, the government or any other entity that is a powerful entity is really behind any kind of Joe Rogan protests. Are they? 
No, well, well, I, I'll clarify one thing is like, you know, it's like I'm not doing exactly a conspiracy thinking, but there's like, you know, um, everyone with their agenda and who's at the top and who has power, everyone reacts to a certain thing in their own way. And if it's a thing, they could all end up reacting to a thing in the same way, if even if they're not coordinated. But here's a funny thing. You do know that the the Biden administration has officially like cast its eye on Joe Rogan and said Spotify should work more at this. So when you say not so straight up, government is one of the ones that is kind of um, after him. No, I didn't but, see that. I hadn't seen that. Yeah, I, no, that, uh, that was real. That, let's that check. Happened. Wait a minute. Let's check some breaking news for a minute because uh, Fox News is encouraging a trucker protest in the United States. And uh, there is one plan that could disrupt Sunday's Super Bowl. This is from the New York Times as it heads from California to Washington, D.C. According to the Department of Homeland Security memo obtained by the New York Times, last week officials found several social media posts planning a convoy and have concluded that it can divert public safety resources away from the game, expected to draw 70,000 spectators to Los Angeles, and uh, there's an increase in social media activity around this question. Now, convoys have been illegal since the early 1970s, um, which is how that C.W. McCall song convoy, yeah, convoy came yeah. about because of the fuel protests that went on. So they're, they're technically legal. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens if a convoy does uh, set out from California to D.C. with the point of... Uh, fucking you up. They want to fuck Dude, you up. You just made me realize, man, we're in the 70s right now. We have the malaise with the inflation and the the uh, the, the gas prices. And uh, what, well, you know, you but the difference to me is that when you look at what Biden has actually done in terms of the economy and, the, you know, you look at the unemployment numbers, you look at the jobs creation, you look at all these other factors, uh, you know, children that have come out of childhood poverty uh the wages that have gone up at the absolute bottom of the scale the economic news is actually good the country grew at a rate that it hasn't seen since the 1980s people don't like him because he's old and we don't like old people in this country they just somehow trump somehow trump escapes that whole thing like his people don't think of him as old. They think of him as somehow vital and energetic. It's just no. like when you think about Republicans as Republicans are hard and strong and Democrats, they're soft and weak. You know, of course, it's not true. Of course, it's bullshit. But, you know, they don't like him because he's not terribly inspiring. He's not, you know, inspiring to young people, especially he's Joe Biden. You know, he's, well, it depends on what you think when you say they it depends on who you're talking about because a lot of why, like the way that you said that Trump gets it. I mean, one thing is, is like Trump does Trump better than Biden does Biden because Biden is not the Biden he used to be. Trump, even if he gets weirder, he's still the same Trump the whole time. Like he's, he's funny, he's weird, he'll just say shit. And you know, if you're judging these things by how they come across in the media, which is how everyone gets everything, but a lot of like when you're saying how um, I, I think there's a lot of the the left slash liberal, but especially maybe the left disappointment with Biden that makes it seem well, basically because there there wasn't that many like conservative people, conservative people who thought that Trump was fucked up. They were no they're nowhere near as vocal as um, the left people that think Biden sucks. Um, yeah. So. So and when then when you're talking about like all, I'd so yes talking about um, yeah how things well things are getting better it's just like that whole I mean this is an easy thing to notice but there like is just you know that the, the economy was getting better and better and better ever, under Trump and I mean I don't know uh, like myself you've probably you know looked into this enough to know it, it's it's always it's always fake you know the, like when they're because it's always like, okay, unemployment's down, but they don't mention all the people that just dropped out of the job market. And it's like, oh, uh, stock market good. That's only good for rich people. Like, you know. Oh, and, the and stock market right now is terrible. The stock market is like down 
what, 4.95% since the beginning of the year. I know my 401k is getting decimated. And, you know, uh, now with the Ukraine and the possible invasion, it's imminent, supposedly. That is giving the stock market a lot of jitters. I, I don't know especially why the stock market gives a shit that Putin wants to invade Ukraine unless it's a case where it draws the United States in and via NATO. I, I could see why that would be an issue. But, man, between the trucker protests and the Ukraine thing, um, I would love to throw in the Sarah Palin uh, libel suit, but I don't know how to wedge that in. Uh, it it just seems like, uh, yeah, everything is battering the stock market, and who the fuck knows what's going to happen on Monday. It, uh, I'm sure I'll end up with a 401k that goes to zero at some point. Oh, well, it was fun. It was fun while it lasted. What can you say? Keith Hartel is here with us. For another uh, 20 uh, minutes or so, oh, actually less than that, 17 minutes, we're talking about um, the fucked up world. It's the winter of our, like, discontent here on thehoundnyc.com, where every Sunday, 3 p.m., you get your hound howl, followed by your crash in the party, doo-wop chop shop of the year with Mark and Miriam. Now, um, how do we tie this all together? Like, how do we get Neil Young and the trucker protests in the same room, is what I want to know. They don't belong in the same room. The trucker protests, like those, whatever those, you know, whatever way you want to characterize them, Neil Young, really serious, like Neil Young, he, he, he made an open letter. He put it out there. He had whatever discussions behind the scenes. You know, he, he that it's a big business decision with him. Um, so, yeah, Neil Young and the truckers have nothing. They're, they're pursuing different. Neil Young is pursuing Neil Young's agenda. I am not disparaging him for this, but like, no, the, and then whatever the truckers are doing, that's, yeah, no, the, 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 the politicians have to speak to them. Trudeau in Canada has to speak to them. And he, he you know, he, 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 and now he says that America put them up to it, which I love, even though I don't think it's true. I just like that they think that if Canada's getting all fucked up, it's like, this is too fucked up. America must have something to do with this. It does. Uh, it, I, I don't think that's so terribly far fetched. I do think that once people got wind of this thing, they glommed onto it for their own agendas. And, and yeah, you yeah. know, uh, I, I think that's uh, what's going on up there. But now, you know, they're saying, look, you should be like your father, uh, Pierre Elliott Trudeau, who there was a, there was a violent separatist movement in Quebec in, in 1970. And they asked him how he was going to respond to it. And, and Pierre Trudeau said, just watch me. And he sent in the military. And, and, yeah. he, and he, he cut that, he nipped that thing in the bud. And there are a lot of people saying, you know, you need to do the same thing, Justin. And uh, he's saying, no, I, I'm not getting the military involved in this. It's a, so far been a peaceful protest. Yes, it's fucking up everybody's life, but we're not going to uh, use the military. Um, and, you know, the people of Ottawa are, are goddamn sick of it all. Uh, by the way, do you remember Margaret Trudeau? Oh, of course. Well, you know that that's, you know, here's a hot shit thing on Twitter that everyone's really into is, um, are you, uh, the uh, Fidel Castro is, is actually Justin Trudeau's father. I'm really into that, man. They have the, the, the pictures of them at the same age, their heads next to each other. Yeah, definitely. At least as plausible as Ronan Farrow being the son of uh, Frank Sinatra. It's that same kind of thing. I uh, wow. I wow. I I kind of do think he is Frank Sinatra's kid. By the way, I'm just saying. I just but Trudeau, but Trudeau, Fidel Castro, man, handsome Fidel Castro, sexy man. Well, which was the Trudeau that shot the skier accidentally? I'm trying to remember now. Remember. The Wait, Trudeau. that sounds like, is that, um, what, there was a Trudeau, uh, was it Margaret Trudeau that shot the, uh, skier? Um, was it Claudia? Oh, Claudia. Yeah. Why? Claudine. It's a stone song about that. I think called Claudia. If I'm remembering the name, right. Cause I'm fucked up. So I don't know. If yeah. I Cla it might be, uh, I don't know. One of those true Trudeaus. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so now uh, a judge in Ottawa has issued a order for these truckers to clear the Ambassador Bridge uh, by 7 p.m., which is uh, in 14 minutes from now. Uh, 
And if they don't, uh, they people are they're gonna someone's gonna go in the Canadian whatever it is Royal Canadian Mounted Police. I hope they do it on horseback. Are gonna go in and um, move them out. It won't be the military. It'll be some arm of law enforcement. I'm sure. Dudley, but, uh, you're right. Yeah, and they'll be like, "Sorry, sorry, you have to go. Sorry." <laughs> Um, so yeah, they are, this thing has grown. It's pretty huge. The people of Ottawa are sick of it because initially there was truck horns blowing 16 hours a day. Can you imagine air horns going 16 hours a day in your town? Uh, um, well, I can imagine it. Yeah. Uh, You wouldn't like it. I think I would find it unacceptable. You would find it unacceptable. That's, that's a good way to put it. I find this unacceptable. So uh, the people of Ottawa are sick of it, um, and it's spread to other cities. Uh, Toronto seemed to have handled it pretty quickly. That's good. No reports from uh, whatever the hell uh, town Neil Young came from. I don't remember. Town- Calgary. Who? What? Where? Oh, Calgary? Is he Calgary? Oh, he might be. Yeah. I'm just saying uh, Canada shit. Yeah, it know. was Claudine Langer. Claudine, okay, thank you. I thought thank her last you. name was Trudeau, but I think Claudine. she wasn't she married to a Trudeau or some damn thing. Claudine is a um, it's a Stones um, never released bootleg track that it's like a Chuck Berry song. Claudine. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I got to hear that now. Uh, uh, it's probably it's probably on YouTube. I don't know. She um, uh, was arrested for. Um, and charged with fatally shooting her boyfriend, Olympic skier Vladimir Spider Sabich, at his home in Aspen, Colorado, on the 21st of March. And she said the gun discharged accidentally as he was showing her how it worked. So uh, it doesn't say here if it was a long arm or a pistol. Uh, if it's a long arm, that I find that a little hard to believe. But hey, uh, and she was married to... Andy Williams. That's who she was married to. Why did I think she was married to a Trudeau? Uh, mm. Yeah. So you're talking about a, an extra track on emotional rescue. The Stones had. That's where oh, the extra track. Did they? I never knew that came out on a on a reissue. That's awesome. Uh, I don't know. Oh. I wonder if it was it was included on a few bootlegs, uh, but it was released on the deluxe reissue of Some Girls in 2011, according to this. That I'm uh, reading here. So yeah, it's uh, you get the deluxe issue, probably a CD because it was 2011 of some girls, and you can hear. Now I want to hear Claudine. Is it any good? Did you ever hear it? Oh, it's fucking great. No, it's one of their badass like Chuck Berry songs. It's like a star, star, you know, which a star fucker. We can call it its real name. It's like, but it's like you know the Stones like at that time when they did that like glamish Chuck Berry. <laughs> Yeah, uh, 1980, when uh, Ron... No, no, no. The Claudine was earlier, though, but I guess... Oh, really? I think between 70 and 78, somewhere like Claudine came. Let's see if I can play it here for a second. Let's see if this works. It might... uh, You might hear an ad. Let me turn this down until I can make the ad go away. And then uh, I'll do skip ad, and then we'll hear it. Claudine's back in jail again. Claudine's back in jail again. Claudine's back in jail again. Claudine. Claudine's back in jail again. Claudine's back in jail again. She only does it at weekends. Claudine. Now old Spider knows for sure he ain't talk about it anymore. Is it Claudine? I find it uh, absolutely amazing that I could make it to the age I am now, and there are Rolling Stone songs that I've never heard. How the hell does that happen, Keith Ortel? Well, they didn't. If they don't put the song out, you don't hear it until it comes out. Yeah, I didn't know it existed. 
The other day, I heard uh, a few Kinks songs I had never heard before. I'm like, how does this happen? Uh, Keith Hartel is here with us. Uh, we got another uh, seven or so minutes left in the program. Let's uh, review what we've discussed so far. Goddamn everything. Uh, what about uh, the news of Trump flushing uh, documents down the toilet? Any response <laughs> to that at all? That's kind of funny, right? And uh, I, I do believe if the Democrats try to make an issue out of it, it's not going to go in their favor. Um, now they want the you know National Archives to bring him up on charges somehow. And how they think that's going to work when he was impeached twice and got away with it, I, I don't really know. But, but uh, here's what I, I love this. I love this very much because I have my thoughts about this, which is one, because, I mean, you know, th- that phone call he was impeached for, he did it with, like, what, 10 other government employees on the line. Like, he doesn't know when he's doing some against the law shit. Like, he's just used to, like, you know, mm. I know what I could do, and the people around him always reinforce it. So the first thing I'm saying is, I do not believe, assuming this is true, that he'd been flushing a lot of documents down a toilet. I don't think he was doing it because he thought that that was the best way to get rid of it. I think it's because, like, he, I don't think he's conscious of, of, I don't think he's conscious of when he's going, like, crossing the line into criminality. Except that he's, it's always just lurking over his shoulder being caught for doing it. I I agree to a point. I think there's also an element of that thing you hear a lot where it's better to apologize later than ask for permission before whatever however that thing goes i you know i i just think that he he creates his own rules he he he's not gonna yes. you know and and look there were lawyers apparently who told him you got to keep these documents you know there it's it's a law you can't just shred documents you can't throw them away you can't bring them to mar-a-lago you can't flush them down a the toilet he did all of those things because <laughs> Because he doesn't give a shit. I mean, is what it comes down to, really. Here's the thing, though, too. When you say he doesn't give a shit, it's hilarious because you know he was sent to a military academy because he was incorrigible, right? Right, yeah. Now, that would mean, like, in today's language, or this is even, they might even have new language for it now, but, like, you know, this is turn-of-the-century language, um, turn-of-the-21st-century language. Um oppositional like instead of uh, instead of ADD oh yeah they call it oppositional disorder, defiance basically yeah oppositional defiant disorder that's mm. he has oppositional defiant disorder so it's like he might be doing some shit that's against the rules but the way that he does it that seems like yeah he's flushing it down the toilet because like that's how sneaky he's trying to be is like no he flushes down the toilet like as a gesture like and the, as soon as I as soon as I as soon as I heard this, as soon as the news came out and it only came out, what, because Maggie Haberman is writing a book. I mean, like Maggie Haberman apparently knew about this a long fucking time ago and yes. sat on the information because she has a book coming out about yeah. him called Confidence Man. Uh, now, maybe Maggie Haberman could have clued us into that. Not that it would have mattered. I think the guy, you know, they used to call Reagan the Teflon president. Oh, yeah. I, I, I yes. think it's it's really Donald Trump. I, I think there's nothing he will ever pay for. No, Any, well, anything he's, he's ever done, I don't think he will ever pay for. You're right. Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, a lot of it, though, is like all of the presidents were Teflon. In retrospect, like Clinton most certainly. I don't. I don't know. Bush, I mean, look. I, George W. Bush. There was. There was. I mean, Clinton, no, but Clinton was Teflon. Um, well, all right. Did you? If you don't, you do know about Clinton. If he was Teflon, I, I, Teflon. I do. No, I do. I was gonna. I was gonna cite uh, people like Jimmy Carter, Richard Nixon. You know, I was gonna go back. Oh no, that's. I, yeah, backwards. Yeah, no, I'm going into the post Nixons. Right. Um, all were very Teflon in many ways, and like George W. Bush, like. Nancy Pelosi basically there, you know, there was a time when they were just saying like for lying about the reasons why they got into the Iraq war, that's an impeachable offense. Would we consider impeaching him? And Nancy Pelosi said, yeah, we knew he was lying, but like impeach him for it. Ridiculous. Teflon is built into that job and it has to be. Um, One thing I read one place was kind of like, that no presidents get prosecuted after they're out because every president ends up implicated in some like 
criminal. All right, I'll, I'll could I? But I, I'm also talking about Trump as a private citizen. I mean, when oh, yeah. when, when has but, he ever really had to, you know, beyond uh, financially pay for anything he's done? He's had to settle lawsuits. He's had to pay people, whatever. But I mean, there's never been anything remotely resembling some kind of criminal pe- penalty. There's been yeah, financial well, penalties. So I, I and I think that. He's the kind of person, you know, who will skate for the rest of his life. There's nothing they're ever going to do to the guy. And, you know, you get your hopes up again and again and again. It's like Charlie Brown kicking the fucking football. It's just not going to happen. Well, well, if you think about it, like like the guys that because, you know, that entire all the guys that made the recession and, you know, the bankers that didn't go to jail. After oh, yeah, the absolutely. Yeah. He's, it's that class of people. So you have to be like a full Bernie Madoff, like actually make like an overt lying scam to steal money from people to that it could never catch up. But because the people that have all the money, they own the people who make the laws. Yeah, the golden rule. Him who's got the gold makes the rules. That's it. That's bro. the one. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Let's end with a little note about Neil Young because uh, I'm going to play a song at your suggestion, "The Needle and the Damage Done." What do you uh, do? You know anything about this tune? Or you'd care to share? Oh with yeah, us no, and... I absolutely know about it because this song was written um, very famously. That album, "Tonight's the Night," there was Bruce Berry, the roadie, and uh, Danny Whitten, the original guitar player in Crazy Horse, who both died of heroin in close proximity to each other. And this is one of these songs that he was writing about how, like, yeah, it's sad how these guys always be killing themselves with the heroin. Yeah. Yeah, man. And then uh, Tonight's the Night is also about uh, Richard No, that's Barry. what it is. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, yeah. like, this song and that album are the same, yeah, yeah. same sort of material. Well, I still have a great deal of respect for the man. When it comes to your rock and roll stars who have some fucking integrity, you could probably count them on the fingers of one hand and... I do think of Neil Young as somebody with integrity. Uh, and I and I do feel like, you know, his stance with this whole Joe Rogan thing is motivated by, um, you know, his integrity as well. How it's going to play out, I can tell you how it's going to play out. Joe Rogan's not going anywhere. He's still going to be on Spotify. And Neil Young's still going to be cranking out records. So I'm going to thank you, Neil. Uh, Neil. Keith Hartel. Neil, that would be a good name, too. Neil Hartel. I'm going to thank you for uh, spending some time with us. I do appreciate it. Always and, a pleasure. Uh, it's always a pleasure here as well. Say hello to uh, your fabulous wife, Tammy. And what what are some of the gigs that you have coming up in the 30 or so seconds we have here? Okay. Um, Sunday night, um, we're doing the cutting room. Me, Tammy, Andy Burton, mm. uh, Mary Lee, a lot of people, a lot of uh, Bowie and... Um, you know, uh, stones. Oh, nice. Uh, and, um, I'm doing a Bowie. There's a Bowie gig with, uh, Michael T who's a performer, uh, Barry electric. That's the 20th. And then the 23rd at Barry electric also, which is that Wednesday is, uh, with Manitoba. Um, oh, nice. playing the, the, the rock songs. Oh, very good. All right. Well, it's always good to get caught up with you. You take care. Uh, Keith Hartel, here on the program and uh remember once again this is the hound nyc.com and uh you can hear this program again on tuesday it'll replay at 6 p.m it becomes a podcast available wherever you get podcasts in the interim and uh thanks again for joining us the hound at 3 p.m eastern time hound hal and crashing the party 5 p.m on sundays I've seen the 